Good morning. My name is Barbara, and I am a compulsive overeater. Welcome to the closing ceremony of the 2007 R2 Convention. Would Jerry please come up and uh, open this by reading whatever she's going to read. Hi, my name is Jerry, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, I am reading, I don't know, I think they call it the kind of second promises. Anyway, it's on page um, 84. And it says, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, food. Uh, For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor or food. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We must... We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward food has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react as long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. We will be drawing the tickets after our speaker, Uh, We have a person here in a lovely pink uh, jacket who is selling 50-50 tickets, but we're going to cut the 50 tickets in in about five more minutes. So this is your very last chance, and we are up at over $700, which you would take home $350, okay? So if you want 50-50 tickets, you need to hold up your hand right now. I'd like to announce that the wrap-up luncheon for those members of my wonderful committee and the people that are joining us from San Jose will uh, be right after this at, uh, in the uh, Sonoma 1 and 2 room. Uh, we have a few items that are left over from the silent auction. Not this, that's the quilt. But these items down here, we are going to sell them for $5 a piece. So if you are interested in getting those, that's going to be like after we we close here. Um, We need volunteers to help us with cleanup after after this ceremony, and some of us on the committee will not be around, so you're just going to do your own thing. Uh, In the boutique, particularly San Diego people, if you have a large vehicle, to collect stuff from the boutique and take it to the Oasis. And I uh, don't have any other announcements. 
But I see a bunch of people up here in uh, shirts that say, together we can. So I'm wondering um, if anybody here um, knows the way to San Jose. Um, I, I sure hope so. Uh, Shirley and some of the, her people are going to come up and give you a little uh, introduction to next year's convention in San Jose. Recovering compulsive overeater. And I'm also the 2008 convention chair. Um, a past Region 2 trustee from San Diego, she used to describe the Region 2 convention as a great big party. And to Barbara and the rest of her 2007 uh, convention committee, I have to tell you, your party's almost over. <laughs> and guess what? In the 60s, Dionne Warwick sang the song, Do You Know the Way to San Jose? The Silicon Valley has become a world-famous center of te technological invention and development since then. Now everyone knows the way. The 2008 convention will be at the Doubletree Hotel in San Jose with free airport shuttle service to the hotel. The room rate for the convention is $95 per night. <clears throat> there are restaurants an easy walking distance from the hotel and a variety of local attractions and activities to keep your family amused while you download the message of recovery together while you upgrade your program at the convention you can send your family off to places like the technology museum children's discovery museum happy hollow park paramount great america amusement park the rosa christian museum plus lots of other possibilities the committee has been busy planning a host of events for attendees, including a strong Friday night recovery program, Saturday night's dinner with two keynote speakers, an OA Cafe talent show, dancing, and karaoke. There will be workshops, panels, and special focus, and marathon meetings going on throughout the weekend. This year, all of our speakers will be taped, including those at the marathon. Recovery. Together we can! It's an invitation to a weekend of awesome speakers, exciting workshops, and congenial fellowship in a warm, supportive environment. We're wearing our new convention t-shirts that will be available at the fall assembly or can be ordered on your convention registration forms or online by PayPal. Please don't miss the convention and help us by taking back the flyer to your home meeting or inner group. This flyer here. 
We look forward to seeing you there. United we stand, divided we fall. And on June the 27th through June the 29th, 2008, we will be united at the Region 2 Convention in San Jose. Recovery, together we can. Okay. And Katie, our entertainment chair, is going to lead us in our song. And we invite everyone to sing along with us. All right. Hi, my name is Katie. I'm a compulsive reader. Hi, uh, Katie. we set up a little bit for the song, uh, I'd like to invite anybody else from Northern California who's maybe in the audience who wants to come join us and make a full year. Come on up. Come on down. It's like the price is right. Let's go. And, and for anybody who's still in the audience, you've probably all found your nice green flyers with the words to together wherever we go. You're invited to sing along with us, too, so, you know, you're not off the hook if you're not up here. Yeah, come on up, everybody. Yeah, come on. And if, and if you're on the stage, um, the, word, the words are right here. <laughs> Program of rigorous honesty, sorry. Okay, you guys ready? Wherever we go, whatever we do, we're gonna go through it together. We may not go far, but sure as a star, wherever we are, it's together. Wherever I go, I know she goes. Wherever I go, I know she goes. No fits, no fights, no feuds, and no egos. Amigos, together. Through thick and through thin, all out or all in, and whether it's winning place or show, with you for me and me for you, we'll muddle through whatever we do together, wherever we go. going to see a lot of you in San Jose next year. Uh, I do have one more announcement. Uh, we have lost a small key. If anybody finds it, please, please see me. Um, and Bill is going to take the money from the 50-50 and take it to the boardroom now. Okay. They have to count it and figure out how much we have here. Okay, we're going to introduce uh, first our program chair, uh, who's going to introduce our speaker. Phyllis, would you please come up? In case you didn't know, my name is Phyllis, and I'm a chunky, drunky, junkie. We had a wonderful time. 
presenting speakers to you that have given you the incentive to move on toward recovery. And we hope that you will enjoy with us our closing speaker, who is Trisha. Good morning. I'm Trisha, compulsive overeater. Wow, hasn't this been a fabulous convention? Oh, it's been fabulous. And uh, and I, uh, I want to personally thank um, Barbara and her committee and all the volunteers and everybody here who has participated because it's made a great day weekend for me. <laughs> when I came into Overeaters Anonymous in 1973, OA was only 13 years old. And it was only three years old here in San Diego where I came in. So we didn't have a lot of meetings. I didn't come in at my top weight. For 25 years, I was between 25 and 50 pounds overweight. So I am five foot tall. I hope I haven't shrunk <laughs> over the years. <laughs> but um, so an obese person at five foot tall is 155. That's what the medical profession is saying. And I was 168, and now I weigh 111 in my pajamas. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have to do the take all your clothes off and do in the morning and first thing anymore. You know, my weight is stable, and um, and I'm really happy about that. Do you know why abstinence is important? It's because it gives us the opportunity to work the steps. And <clears throat> that's been really important for me. You know? And I hope it's going to be important for you. I tried many diets, just like everybody else. I never could stay on them. Um, I didn't know that I had a disease. I didn't know that I had a problem. I just knew I was fat. I was always looking for the new pill the new diet that would take the fat off me. I felt really bad. I didn't feel like I was appreciated or loved because I didn't appreciate and love myself. My first job, many of you, almost all of you are from California, so you'll relate to this, but my first job out of high school was with C's Candies. Woo! <laughs> and... And that company told us at that time that you could eat all you wanted. Just don't let the customers see you. And so I did. I ate and I ate. I gained weight. And I went from milk chocolate to the heavy stuff, dark, dark chocolate. Woo! <laughs> that was a really great job. <laughs> After that job, I went to the telephone company. At that time, there was only one. And I applied for a job, and they took me in, and they interviewed me, and I thought the interview was going really well. And the interviewer said, um, come with me. And she took me in, and she weighed me on a scale. And then she said to me, we can't use you. Ooh. <laughs> I'm a compulsive overeater. <laughs> It's recognized by other people in the community. 
Many times I would stand in front of the cupboard or the stove or anyway, usually the kitchen, right? And um, stuff myself and binge. And I'd say, you know, why can't I stop? I, I had no idea. Why couldn't I stop? Why was I doing all these these things with food? And uh, hiding my food, you know, I, I just love reading the AA material because it talks about hiding bottles and stuff, and, and I hid my food. I even hid my food when I was a divorced mother with three kids, and do you think those kids cared if I hid my food? I had to hide it. I had to have my secret stash. I couldn't run out. Also, I didn't have a very good body image. I remember um, I had a size 14 wool skirt, and I loved that wool skirt. It was really nice. You don't need a wool skirt in Southern California, but I had this wool skirt and was size 14. And then I couldn't get into it anymore. And so I said, well, I'm never going to buy a skirt that's bigger than size 14. And I didn't. I never bought another skirt, but I bought dresses and pants <laughs> until, I, until I was up over size 18. And um, at that time in the 50s and 60s, you know, size 18s were um, a lot bigger than they are now. You know? um, but I, um, I felt like, okay, I'm growing. I'm getting bigger. What am I going to do? I said, okay, I'll just wear sweats. You know, you can't see anything then. They're comfortable and your fat doesn't show. And then I said, okay, I, I can't, how am I going to wear those anymore? Now I have to go to maternity clothes. And I wasn't even pregnant. You know, because I thought, well, what's going to fit me next? Um, I had no idea. So when I, um, the first time I heard the words Overeaters Anonymous, I was in a class in, um, at San Diego State, and it was on behavior modification, teaching you how to lose weight. You know, teaching you how to eat in front of a mirror so you won't like how you, how you look, so you'll not do it. You know. and, um, and that didn't work. But there was a lady in there who was in Overeaters Anonymous. And she said all she was eating was hamburger and salad, and she was losing weight, and I wasn't. And she wrote on the board, Overeaters Anonymous, and she wrote the phone number. Now, I remember that. I didn't call that phone number, but I remembered those words. And later, when I was um, in a uh, dancing class, because I've always liked physical activity, even though when it was hard to move, that I was in this dancing class, and this woman was losing weight, losing weight. She'd give me this information on Overeaters Anonymous, and I would just put it in a drawer. I would not read it. Um, I said, well, I'll get to it another day, another day. Well, I don't know why, but she she kept inviting me to a meeting, and one day I went to a meeting. And I'm going to share about my first meeting because it changed my life forever. So I went to that meeting. It was a Friday night meeting. And there were maybe 10, 12 people. It was a big meeting. You know, huge. Uh, In 1973, this was a huge meeting. You know, like 10, 10 people. And I saw people there who ate like me. I saw people who hugged each other. I was dying inside because I didn't have um, uh, relationships with people. And 
loved that, seeing that hug, but I didn't want him to hug me, but it made me feel good that here was a kind and loving group. But what really struck me was that I became, I knew I was a compulsive overeater, and that here was a place of hope, and that was on a Friday night. And then next day was Saturday, and I'm home and cleaning, and I remember saying this to my daughter. I went to this fabulous meeting. Why can't I stop eating? Because I, I just couldn't quit eating that next day. But I kept going back to Overeaters Anonymous. I didn't get abstinence right away. Um, but I have been abstaining since, that was in August of um, 1973, and I started abstaining February 16th of 1974. So, thank you. So 33 years, there's been a lot of change. And when I saw people coming into the program and getting it, and I wasn't getting it, what were they doing that I wasn't doing? And they were, they were sharing. Um, they had higher power. And I, that's what I'm going to talk about. Because the purpose, we see that in the big book. It says, um, the purpose of this book is to find a power greater than ourselves. And you know what? My power was food. I did not have a God. I hated religions. I hated all religions. I didn't care what one it was. I was not prejudiced. I hated them all. And when I, when I came in, there people were talking about God. And I was an atheist. So I heard, I had my ears on. At least I had my ears on. And I heard people say, you, you can believe in whatever you want. You can use OA as your higher power. Well, beginning a meeting, they say a prayer. The end of the meeting, they say a prayer. Well, that has to do with God. I wouldn't do that. Um, I don't know how many of you are kind of rebellious. and uh, <laughs> but, but, hey, nobody knew. Nobody cared if I was doing it. But I saw that I was doing that. And at the end of some of the meetings, I mean, we would say the Lord's Prayer, and you would feel that power in that meeting. It would feel so fabulous that I decided, okay, I'll say the prayer, but I won't say the God part <laughs> that starts it. I won't say God. I'll just do that. Well, anyway, I progressed where I, I said the whole thing. But now I have to work the steps. I'm abstaining. And um, I have to work the steps. How am I going to work steps two and three? I mean, because I've got one. I've got one. I'm abstaining. I'm going to meetings. Um, and, and they're talking about God. Well, I, I thought, well, I've got to do something. And so I started looking around, and I started doing a survey of people in OA. And I asked them, what is your God? No, I, I just couldn't say that. One guy told me it's electricity. You know, he sticks his finger in, in the light bulb and, you know, there's energy there. He says, oh, that was his. But I had a spiritual experience. A miracle happened to me because it started peeling away some of that bitterness, that resentment, and that prejudice. Well, in 1973 and 74, there weren't a lot of meetings in OA, but there were a lot of AA meetings. I am not alcoholic. 
but I heard about this um, AA meeting that had a lot of men. And my friend that I brought into the program, she and I were both single. So we said, let's go to this meeting. <laughs> and, and so we went to the meeting, and what were they talking about is step two. Wow, I mean, just what I needed to hear. There were people there that their lives had been destroyed, and they were coming back. There were people who had criminal arrests, and that they had a power greater than themselves that could restore them to sanity. And I saw how step two could work. Wow, maybe that could work for me. And so a little bit of that peeled off. I had a problem with this knowing what was spirituality and what was religion. Because now I know that's different. You can practice your spirituality in a religion, but I didn't know that. I had them combined, and I hated them all. And uh, But what I've discovered in spirit is that that's the person you are. That's the the inner voice that tells you the good things to do. Um, it's the one that gives you strength to carry on. Uh, and religion can support that, you know. Um, in the program, I've also been a member of a church for a few years, but I'm not that now. But anyway, so I got that. The first time that I said a prayer outside of OA was... Um, my mother called me, and she said, um, your sister, who has been in a car accident, and come to the hospital and don't bring your kids. Oh, I'm dying. I think, oh, my God, my sister's in really bad shape. And so I'm driving to the hospital, and I'm saying, please, please help me to have strength for my mother, because my mother doesn't have a program. So, and then I said, Wow, <laughs> that was a miracle. <laughs> you know, just a little prayer like that. And and I see that shift, that change in that inner voice and that me that's going from a bitter, uh, angry, resentful person in, into a place where prayer can change your life. And we got there, and my sister was all just bruised and banged up. I mean, was that lucky? We were lucky. But um, that was my first one. And besides prayer, I also like to meditate, and I learned to do that in Overeaters Anonymous at retreats. We have meditations. And then um, I use tapes, you know, always to get me thinking spiritually so that I'm more open and loving and kind rather than resentful and mean and uh, bitter. Okay, so here I am. I've got several years of abstinence, and I'm praying, I'm meditating, and I'm at a retreat, and I, I think I have it all together. And one of the things I love is nature, and I love retreats because there's nature. So one day I go out, and I find this place to meditate, and I lay down on this rock under the shade, and I'm having this fabulous meditation, and I'm saying, oh, uh, I'm... Uh, I uh, uh, hey, ego, something about, oh, I'm 
a meditation so good, a snake could crawl across me and I wouldn't care. And, and I'm laying there thinking that and I hear, <laughs> it was some kind of a buzz or fire or something like that. And so I jump up. I was not serene. <laughs> I was not serene, but you know what? I can laugh at myself. You know, I said, oh, look at what you were just thinking. Yeah. And um, oh, you couldn't let a snake crawl across you. <laughs> you couldn't even a little fly buzz at you. you know. but, um, but the spiritual growth that I've had has just been tremendous. And because I've been abstaining, I've been working those steps, that I've been able to continue that. Um, one of the things that um, I really like is that I'm powerless over the lives of family and friends. I don't have the capability to change that. And um, but what I am... What I do have power for is I have power to change my attitude. I have power to change my behavior. I have power to change my commitment. So that my commitment to the steps and to my abstinence are total. I've had a total surrender um, and it's it's been phenomenal for me. You know, each one of us are going to travel our own path. But... The steps are the only way that I know to give us long-term maintenance. And isn't that what we want? I mean, I see all of your wonderful faces, and I see that you're here for recovery, and so am I. I don't leave the program because I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Okay. So I want to tell you two things. And one is... You know, I have a higher power that I can talk to. I have a higher power that that is with me. And last summer, I decided I'm too um, serious. And so I'm going to have, I'm going to create a new higher power. And so I created one for me for the summer last year, and it was a divine canine. That's a dog. <laughs> this is a dog who is... I mean, a higher power who is so excited to see me, always wants the best for me, never criticizes me. And when I was hiking up in the Sierras, um, I did this fantasy. I'm at this big waterfall, which nobody can go by. And I'm imagining my higher power sliding down on its back with this big smile, this dog. You know how dogs can smile. And, and, and going down there where people can't go and having such a good time and then, and letting me see that, you know, the beauty of this waterfall and somebody having fun at it. And I had so much fun having that canine for my higher power last summer. It was just terrific. You can do that. <laughs> you can borrow mine. If you don't have one of yours, you know, you can borrow mine. I want to just um, talk real quick about some of the lessons that I've learned. And one of them is that all the promises in our big book have come true for me. Um, half measures don't avail us anything. When I only did step one and didn't do one through 12, I didn't have recovery. All I had was step one. Um, I have a joy and satisfaction 
of giving service in OA, and now I'm able to carry that service out into the community. And I learned to do that here in Overeaters Anonymous. I have a commitment to my abstinence. Um, there are some things that I choose not to eat, and um, my abstinence is one that I can live with. I love my abstinence. I have a strength, inner strength today to handle life's problems. I never had that before. Recently, um, I just had to call somebody. There was a family crisis in my family. I was crying. Um, I called a couple people. The first one wasn't home. The second one was. And um, and when I find out that I share, it starts the healing. And so already from that crisis, making that phone call, and then doing writing, working on step 12 for that, that helped me to deal with the crisis. I have a forgiveness today of myself. Um, I can make mistakes and I can move forward. Um, I don't have to be hard on myself like I was before. And I want to tell you that if you stay in this program, that your life is going to be more than you ever can imagine. It's going to be beyond your wildest dreams. And, and I have one thing that um, I want to read from the big book, and, um, and then um, I'll close. Um, I know I must get along without food, but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? Yes, there is a substitute. And it is vastly more than it is than than that. It is a fellowship in Overeaters Anonymous. There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Thus we find the fellowship, and so will you. Thank you. That's a tape I have to have. Um, thank you very, very much, Tricia. Um, now we're going to... Uh, first, I want to uh, thank the chairs of the 2007 convention. I'm going to ask you to stand up. Uh, and as I call your names, first, our program chair is Phyllis. And, and Phyllis, would you like to point out the members of your committee? Uh, I, I see Jane in the back. Okay. We have Donna, our hospitality chair. Donna, would you like to uh, uh, recognize any members of your committee? Well, yeah. Where's my 
our t-shirt share. <laughs> Reggie Entertainment. was our volunteer coordinator. And then we have Mickey, who's our registration chair, and I think also Jackie needs to...
Or are you all one? No, we're gonna we're, we're gonna stand them up in a minute. We're gonna stand them all up. And uh, Jerry uh, was our literature chair. Yay, Jerry! is Joan, our PI chair. Diane, our fundraising chair.
to turn up the air, turn down the air, open this room, close that room. Hi, Millie. We have our host chair, Bill. I can't resist the microphone. Uh, after months of diligent, my name is Ben, a compulsive reader. Uh, after months of diligent training, uh, these people are overworked. They're out lounging by the pool, most of them. You see anybody with a purple jacket? Ask them to carry your luggage. You know, they they guarded the door diligently. We did a heck of a job. I want to especially thank Chuck S. for helping me with the karaoke last night. He did a hell of a job. I don't see him around here, but good night. Thank you. We have Gina, our newcomer's chair. did tremendous service that are not in this room right now. Uh, one is Ian uh, from Sacramento. He was our web person and uh, who, who put everything on the web. He did the program for our registration. Uh, Ian was, was really, and then he came down and helped train our committee members on how to use the registration program. I want to really thank Ian. So please... 
and any of you who know him, please send him our thanks, and also LaRue. Uh, LaRue is our treasurer, and she is busy counting money. Uh, and I have saved one for last intentionally, uh, and that is Leslie. Uh, Okay, not not quite last. That, I, I forgot. Uh, but Leslie's fingerprints are all over the place. I mean, uh, you know, wherever we needed help, Leslie was there. Uh, she's her tech, job description is secretary, but Leslie was in every way. Every person who needed help, Leslie was there to help them, and and she has been a real gift. So uh, my my personal thanks. To, to Leslie. And then Ilana had to sit in the second row so I wouldn't see her. Ilana is our decorations chair. <laughs> But also, we have to thank all of you, everyone who volunteered, who was a greeter, who worked in the boutique, who sold tickets, who spoke at a meeting, who was a moderator at a meeting, who read. Everyone, and there's probably not a person in this room that hasn't done one or another or several of those jobs. And uh, so I'd like everyone in the whole room, please stand and give yourself a big hand. Okay. Now, are you ready? Okay. Diane, you, you want to do the drawing? Wait a minute. Okay. Hi, Mark. Hi, Reggie. Screw it. I mean, heck with it. I'm Reggie Compulsible Readout, Coffee and Survivor. I feel embarrassed because I forgot one person. And that's Melody. Stand up, Melody, right now. She's on my group. Yes. You know, when I took this on 18 months ago, I didn't realize what I was getting into. So, Katie, where are you? Listen up. And what happened was, 
I realized that I had a team with me. And I don't know uh, if you people know it, but um, what team means to me is together everyone accomplishes more. And for us to accomplish that, we have to have a foundation. Because that's how your house starts. And without a good foundation, it'll fall apart. Come here, Bart. This is our foundation right here. And Barb, uh, on behalf of your committee members here, we want to present you with these flowers to show you how much we love you. I got her crying. I got her crying. But we love you, Barb. And I can say that from everybody. Then there's another person that's a big foundation person. Where'd she go? There she is. Okay. All right. Leslie, would you come up here, please? <laughs> she gave me the EY. <laughs> You know, uh, when I was doing this, my wife was looking at my stuff. She goes, I can't believe how organized you are. And I realized, I, I am pretty organized, but I just found out there's someone more organized than me. <laughs> Leslie was there for everything. I mean, she would email us for the littlest things, like if it was time to go to the bathroom, she'd email us that and everything like that. Or to take a break or to breathe during the meetings. So, Leslie, on behalf of the committee members, we say we want to say we love you and thank you for all your service you did. Okay, now we're going to do the drawings. I mean, here she comes again. Okay, our first drawing is going to be 50 50.
Evelyn? Just Evelyn. No. I don't know if there are any other Evelyns in the room. Oh, there are? Okay, the ticket stub says 297-7318. Great. Okay. Why don't we move on to the next one, and then we'll come back to that. Okay. I think we needed a drum roll. Any volunteers? It's a great service. All right. And before I tell you the name, I'll have to let you squirm for a little bit. Evelyn, would you please come up? Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, hi. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Leslie presented her with the $393. You're not going to believe this. But I believe I sold both of these to the same woman. She is our grand prize winner of the convention. And here's Lori T. again. I know, but she won the gold ticket. And now she's winning the red ticket as well. So I think I'm going to hang around with her. Are you still here, Lori? I just saw her here, but I'm going to have the pleasure of calling her again, and I think she's going to fall off her chair. So I might have to mess with her a little bit when I make the phone call. Thank you. Okay, now we have So that was the quilt, and now we're doing the afghan. This winner is Suzanne Taylor Joyce. And you know what? I think I sold that one too. Now, no, this is not rigged, I promise. But I do recognize the label, so I will be contacting her. Thank you very much.
Okay, now it's time for the prize drawing. The first prize is 2008 convention package. The second prize is an Apple iPod. And the third prize is the LA Intergroup birthday party registration. So we will start with the third prize, the LA Intergroup birthday party registration. Okay, Leslie just informed me that there are going to be two winners for this prize. So if you don't win, just hold your breath a little longer and we'll try and get you the second one. This one goes to Barbara R. Pardon? Is there more Barbara R? The orange ticket is 353895. Okay, we don't have the information for her yet, but we'll hug her anyway. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. It is the L.A. Intergroup oh, birthday party registration. Awesome. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay, and now we're going to draw another L.A. The first, or the second one for the LA Intergroup Birthday Party Registration is Mimi H. Okay, the second place prize is the Apple iPod. So we'll be drawing for that next. Okay, this job says C. Rob Robin. The letter C R O B I N. The number is three five four two nine seven. Three five four two nine seven. Yes. It looks like a North County phone number, seven six zero. 
And it's C, it looks like R-O-B-I-N. Okay, so I will get to call her as well. Um, and that was for the Apple iPod. You felt that? Okay. And um, now we do the... Okay, now comes to our grand prize, which is the 2008 convention package. That includes the whole thing. Okay, this one goes to Rebecca T. Yay! Clovis, California. who participated. Uh, those prizes and the ticket sales were excellent. So again, thank you. Okay, there is one more committee chair that I forgot to recognize and I really apologize. I'm just a little frazzled. You have to understand. I'm sorry. Shira, who's our uh, young people's chair. Sometimes we talk about coming down from the mountain. And as we leave here after such a wonderful convention, you may be having feelings of happiness, anxiety, sadness, glad that it's all over, uh, all the above. If, if those feelings seem a little overwhelming, that's understandable. Please talk to someone. Uh, we will always be with you. We hope to meet you again in San Jose, and we will always know that each of you are with us. I'd like to ask Phyllis to come up here and give us a reading to close our convention. My name is Phyllis and I'm a chunky, chunky, chunky. You know, it, it's pretty overwhelming for me too. I, 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 I just might cry. Which would, that would be something to know. Some of my favorite words from the big book, I have many, but this is one I know that I can always turn to. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness 
We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Comprehend the words serenity. Thank God. And we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Self-seeking will slip away. We will gain interest in our in, in our fellows. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? You believe it. We think they will be, they are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always, always materialize if we work for them. Work, work, work! Would everybody please stand? 